What's up, brother? Did you get a OSG to wake up or not? No. Hold on. Talk. Talk. Can you hear me? Yeah, I think my, my right my right headphone is like louder than my left or something. Okay. We're talking about that uh what was happening in Mexico. Did you oh, see that? Man. Yeah. That's tragic, man. What a tragedy, bro. How sad. But, that that stuff broke my heart, bro. Yeah. I mean I don't I don't even know where to start. Like how how do you even like I don't even know. I'm just like at a loss of words for all that. Just watching all those videos on Twitter. I'm just like, I, I was watching it last night before I fell mm-hmm. asleep. Yeah. And I was just like, man, that's horrific. Can you imagine like that being a game that you're at? Nah, you're I, in, like, I can't. Here? I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't, I don't even want to imagine that really. Like that's just. It's terrifying, isn't it? Dude, they're, I, I don't even know how to describe it those kind of people like i don't need it it's just it's just something that i feel like is like it's like a plague for mexico it just doesn't look good it it, you know with all like the violence that's over there let me ask you this with with what happened what do you think should happen to uh just the team or the league or even mexico in general uh i mean i'm not an expert on that situation i I just know that, like, what well, what would you what what do you think what do you think would be, like, a reasonable like justice? What do you think would just justice would like signify justice in that in that case? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not a, I'm not I'm not an expert in the topic, but what what I think should be done is like those people that were involved in that they they should be punished. They they should go to prison. Um, the team they should be they they should be also punished in a way that they should have had more security there. The fact that there was not enough security to to stop that something should happen to that team, like Querétaro. Yeah. Um, that either they don't they can't play the rest of the season or they get banned. But there has to be some sort of repercussions that happen with them. And then overall, just as a league, um, anytime that there's a game and you have a certain amount of of fans that are interested of safety people, that security, police, in, in order in order for them to have that many fans, you're listening to Texas League of Fire. This is PA announcer Jeremiah Gallegos for Austin FC. You're listening to the Texas Ring of Fire podcast. You know, all right. Yo, 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 yo. It's RB22. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Sunshine of Dallas. Thanks for tuning in to another uh, podcast with us here. And it's a old soccer girl from Houston, Crynamo. Nah, I'm just playing up. <laughs> old soccer guy. He's 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 on the plane right now. He's actually headed back from Kansas City. He's he's gonna land soon, but 
you know, I, I wanted to touch on this Austin FC game. Austin FC just did his, did his thing to enter Miami. Pipi, Pipi, Niguain, where you at, baby? Where you at? Oh, boy. That's going to be a tough ride back home for Miami, isn't it? Oh, man, dude. I I didn't I didn't even think another five, bro. Yeah, last last week I caught four zero, but shoot, ten goals, two games, bro. You guys I mean, are are you familiar? You guys set the record for the first two, uh, the most goals in the first two games in any MLS uh, game in history out of the twenty seven years in the league. Yeah, I, I I actually heard people talking about that statistic on the way out of Q two Stadium, which was I was like, wait, us Austin FC, and they're like, yeah, Austin FC, and I was like. Oh, I don't even know why I asked. I should have known. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good way to start with ten goals. Yeah, dude, I I know you're kind of uh, wishing that it, this was just called the Austin Ring of Fire, you know, so that way, I mean, you could just be some Austin fans, you know. But, dude, I cannot believe that we did it, bro. Sebastian Riusi, bro. Sebastian Riusi is that boy, bro. I cannot, dude. I don't honestly like when he came. When I uh-huh. looked him up and everything, and he was from Zenit, and he was playing Champions League and all that, I just was like, this guy, why, why, bro? Why does he want to come to Austin FC? He's in the Champions League. He's playing at Zenit. This guy must have known what was going to happen. Like, he had to have – they had to have given him a super good pitch and said, hey, you come. And people were – you know, you, even you guys were like a midfielder, MVP, highest goal scorer on y'all's team. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah, Sebastian Zerussi, Sebastian Zerussi. And look yeah, that, at him, bro. That, I mean, that's exciting to have a player like that come over to the MLS and be excited about a new team. Nothing was nothing was like for sure guaranteed that you said – like you, it wasn't guaranteed that you come here to Austin, you're going to come and win trophies. It, it's a brand-new project. And the fact that he was able to come over here and now he's standing out the first two games, that, that's cool. Well, not just the first two games, half the season last year. I mean, this guy, when he showed up, he was he adapted within, like, two games. And I want to say it was, like, the second or third game, but it was one of those early games that he had actually started in, and he got hurt, dude, his knee. Like, they, they hit him in his knee hard. I remember seeing I remember seeing the challenge and I was like like I grabbed my head, I like my stomach turned and I was like, he's gone already? Like we just signed him and he's done. And he came back the very next game, no injury. And he came forward, 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 and dude, Sebastian Riusi, but this game, dude, the atmosphere was it was there again. Sunday, again. three PM, ESPN, bro. The, I I like you guys weather- y'all guys go check Check out the text ring of fire, the the Instagram. But dude, like, wow, the weather was a lot better. So I'm, I'm sure that played a big role in why people went out there. Uh, a lot more people went out there today. Or yeah, and me and me and me and my wife, we showed up early because they were giving out those Yeti hats today. Oh, nice. We got a a Yeti hat each, and hey, after the game. After the game, with with, with this brief, you know, you know what? Let's just get let's just get through the game. Actually, let's get through the game. Let's starting lineup. We'll, we'll go with Stuver. We had Nick Lima, Cascante, Kip Keller, and Kolmanich in the back. We had Pereira. Pereira with his second start of the season, dude. This guy is a second year MLS player. Just got picked up in the first round pick of the of the Super Draft last year, 
And this guy is making starting lineups over people who are coming in getting paid buku money. This guy is the yeah, real I mean, deal, bro. I mean, similar to Kip Keller, he got the second start just being drafted right now. So Kip those Keller two- as well. Yes, Kip Keller. Dude, yes. I mean, thank you for touching on that because Kip Keller, I mean, he, he was – honestly, he wasn't like a ghost this game. But he also wasn't the way he has been these past couple games. But he was solid, bro. And he made these confirmative challenges, and he won balls. So Kip Keller, Gaberson, he came in. He looked good. But let me continue the lineup we had. We had Ring, Driussi. Once I saw it, it was the same lineup as last game with Fagundes, Cecilio Dominguez, and Maxi Uruti. Dude, this this starting lineup right here is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. Yeah, it, and I, I think hold, hold on, hold on, Sunshine. I know you got something mm-hmm. to say, but if Gabrielson, if Gabrielson could be the one guy that makes Cascante go away, and and I mean Cascante scored today and he looked good. Okay, he looked good. But if we can have that one person that can actually like not make those silly uh mistakes in the back, then I think we'll do. We'll be solid, bro. What were you gonna say? Yeah, I was gonna say. You know, looking at your lineup, um, comparing it to what it was last year, there's definitely a lot more depth. You can you can see even on your your subs that there's a player for each of the the major areas. So like your Max Uriti, he goes down. You got Dite that can replace him, or you got Kip Keller that goes down, or Cascante. You got Gabrielson that could go in there. So I do think this year. year Compared to last year, you guys definitely have a lot more depth. Yeah, for sure, man. And and Riusi, man, he's he opened up the damn score marker with his first goal with Savagundes, man. He he was playing out the I do I thought this guy was gonna let the ball go out. I was just like, man, this guy's kind of playing like it was the play was just it looked like it was just dead, bro. And he kept it alive and crossed one in and Riusi was your just there to place it. You know, like, you know, how, remember how back in the day they used to always tell us, man, placement, 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 placement. Like, don't worry about power. The power will come later. You place yeah, it, put, and he, he just it placed goal. it. He just placed it, dude, and Sebastian Riusi 1-0. And you could tell he was just ready to party. That and the, that that uh, that cross that Fagundes put before he even crossed it, there was like a little small bounce before. I don't know if the field was in – Rough conditions, or maybe it was just that little bad bounce that that he got. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I, th- I think it was just a bad bounce, but a little bad bounce. The, you know, you know the next play, uh, they were, they had a set piece, and the way they played it, you could tell that that was not what they meant to do at all. And Zan Kolmanich, dude, Zan Kolmanich with that left, that left. I told you guys that I, he was going to be hooking those balls in. Did I not tell y'all? Zan Kolmanich was going to be hooking those balls in. Yeah, that's what you like to see. I mean, the those crosses from uh, B, those are dangerous. Yeah. Oh yeah, Cascante with the flick, put it in, and and that was bad defending because that defend everyone checked up, everyone pushed up on that, you know, to push up on that on uh, the offsides trap, except for one defender, and that one defender left Cascante on sides, and Cascante all he had to do was just put a little bit of his noggin on it, bro, and two one. I mean two zero actually. Sorry. 2-0. And, and then halftime, Drusi, he comes in, 
That boy, dude, another flick on. That dude, like, did you see that one where he just kind of like squirted off off the defense and he just kind of flicks it back into the back of the net? Yeah, that was that was impressive to see as well. I mean, both of his goals that he scored were, you know, off of him being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, dude, he, this this guy, man, he's he to have a on your team, you know. You know, like, uh, and that's always yeah. Lovely to see, I mean, dude. yeah. I mean, he had those. He had those opportunities. He took. Uh, he took them, and he he scored them. And that's the most important thing with the the guys up top is you have those chances. You have to make them. And then Finlay, in the sixty fifth minute, that guy dude, they they crossed one in. And it hit off of two players to where it kind of ricocheted down to him, and he headed it in. It may it may have been going in already. It may not have been, but regardless, I, I th- he was. I, th- think? I think that was that was a goal from Ring. That that should have counted for Ring. I didn't even see a touch from Maxi nor Finlay. It, that that ball never fin- changed. Finlay Finlay hit hit it with his head. He did. He did. It, it did touch. Yeah. Yeah. If you pay attention, when he dives and he heads that ball, it changes direction into the goal. So it does. Okay. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure if if it was. It, it looks like it may have been going in off a ring shot. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want to take away from ring at all, but it does look like Finlay for sure put it in there. Well, the good thing is that Maxi didn't touch it, or else you know Maxi touches it and then Finlay touches it after that. That would have been called an offside. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but the fifth goal, man, the fifth goal. Okay, but you know what? We do have to touch on the goal that Miami scored on us. That yeah. was a repeat of last year, our mistakes. So if, if it was a 1-1 game or a 1-0 game, they scored that goal on us, and it's 1-1, I'm disappointed because we give up goals like that like no other. So it should not have been 5-1. It should have been 5-0. Those goals, dude, they can't happen. They yeah, can't happen just, if we want this run. It was a pretty bad error from Ring, that pass. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, I don't know who passed it to him. It, it looked like before Ring got the ball, somebody else tried to do a pass, and it just happened to fall to him, and then Ring passed it back. And, and from there, what's his name? Uh, Campana? Yeah, Campana. Yeah. Campana scored that and goal. Cam- with and the- Campana, Campana last, last week, he was doing extremely bad. Extremely mm-hmm. bad. He had like three shots that he should have scored, and that's what I was telling you. Iguain was pretty much like, "Come on, dude! Like, just oh, put one so- in." Dang. Yeah. So this week, you know, he was like, "All right, my bad. I'll put one in." Yeah, those, but, those that that goal came off an error. So yeah, you just got to clean it up. But that's like I said, the- those those errors can't be happening if we want these runs. It, you know, after analyzing a lot of these MLS games. A lot of the goals are coming off of errors. I mean, I guess that's that's just the way it goes sometimes, right? That's how you score and take the advantage. But definitely, you know, errors like that can cost you some games if it's if it's closer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but so the the game, you know, it, it finished five one, man. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Let me get ahead of myself. You know, I've been uh 
RB22 was at the game. So, you know, I had, had a few Dos Equis, you know. <laughs> the fifth, I was going to say. But fifth. the fifth, dude, did you see that fifth goal? Okay, so Ethan Finlay, to have somebody like that come in as a substitute and come on the right side, dude, and punish that ball. He looked up, saw his angle, took the rip, dude, into the back of the net. I mean, dude, did you see those highlights, bro? Uh, I saw the game. I was watching the game in the, the second. Um... He picked his shot out. He picked his shot out. To have a sub do that, come in, and he has not been He has not been on. He has not been on. So for him to come on and have that confidence, and, dude, he he's – Austin FC is full of confidence right now, my man. Full yeah, of that it. was – that that fifth goal that was that was good to see because it was Fagundes off the left side and he he brought that ball from like yep. there the, his half and what well, what when when did they score do you know what time that was that was on minute the eighty nine minute eighty nine yeah oh so yeah it was pretty much the ninetieth minute yeah Fagundes he made that play pretty much by himself dude that that that's whenever you do that you know that little uh soul roll that little yep. soul roll uh. Boy, yeah, that's how you know. That's how you know someone's feeling it. I was like, man, the fact that Faguna still had that burst of energy in mid, and that pass to Finlay. At that point, I think Miami they were just already they looked super tired by like minute eighty. They they were pretty much done. But yeah, Finlay just put it up for ninety. He had that time and he just crushed it. Yeah, man, that was beautiful. Beautiful finish. Beautiful, beautiful uh, build up from Fagundes. You see that uh, is my favorite dude. Like I don't care, Sebastian Riusi. You know he brings the fire, but Fagundes, man. Like I, I don't know, bro. So Both he of plays. Those guys. He controls yeah. the ball good. He he definitely puts the tempo. If um, but I was gonna say, did you see that uh, that Derusi Meg with a little back heel pass? He was he was going all out. Did you see that? Like, yeah, minute eighty. I did. I did. I and there was a few even even Fagu Fagu, Fagu did yeah. some uh little back heel like passes to himself to where he was taking off defenders. It was I was like, dang, like these fools are comfortable out here. What'd you think about that uh that late tackle from Fagundes on Campana? Oh, he, even see? yeah, even he was like, Oh shoot, my bad, my bad, my bad. Just got it got in there a little bit late, huh? Yeah, yeah, it, it happens, but Hey, after the game, man, I was walking in front of the Verde store and saw my boy Claudio Reina. And I stopped him. And I was How like, was that? I was like, what's up, man? I was like, good win tonight. Good win tonight. And he was like, thank you, thank you. And I was like, you mind if I get an autograph? And he was like, autograph? And I was like, yeah, on my hat. Let me get one on my hat. And he was like, you know who I am? <laughs> and I was like, come on, boy. I was like, you're, you're Claudio Reina. He was just like, he signed my hat, put the USA on it. And he was like, uh, he's like, I appreciate it, man. You know? And you know, like it was, it just felt kind of genuine, you know, like, like yeah, maybe the stardom, the stardom has gone away. Yeah. The stardom, yeah. cause he used to be a star for, you know, the U S and now it's kind of gone away and people don't even really know who he is or what he does for the club, but well, he's man, you know, shout, be, be, shout behind out. the scenes. He, he's out there behind the scenes, putting in a lot of work. Um, a lot of that praise goes to the. You know, that, that, that's who they're looking at. That's the face of Boston FC are, are the players and the right, fans, of exactly. course. Exactly, exactly. But hey, I do want to praise Wolf and I do want to praise Claudio Reina for the team that they have been putting together and the team that they have put out there. 
the way they have made them play and all that, man, it does not go unnoticed. And we appreciate it to go out there and fight for these 90 minutes, fight for this win, fight for these three points. And Los Verdes, Austin Anthem, Tex Ring of Fire, every, all of us will forever be there trying to, you know, make this replicate week in, week out. And, you know, I love this team, dude. I, I'll die for this team, bro. Like, not like, you know, literally, but the, uh, uh, it's the, just, passion, the, the it's, passion is there. But it's, let, it's a beautiful thing to live it, bro. Like to be there and to like be so close and to watch this team do what it does and watch this city thrive the way it does on this team, the colors, the way everyone's just so passionate. And I was like, I was even telling my wife, we were in line and I was like, you know what I love about this city? And she was like, what? I was like, you know, we're all in line. We're all ready to get these hats, but no one's going to push and shove. Everyone's going to be like, no, nah, you know what? You you go ahead. You know, you get this hat. You go, you go ahead. You know, you go in front of me, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. and that's just the way Austin is, you know. And Vic, you, you know, you've been around everywhere. I mean, you can't tell me that Austin, you know, Austin is unique. It's, as hell. It, yeah. I mean, you, you forget about how nice people are here in the South, even in Texas or, uh, you know, going out to any Southern state, that, that Southern charm is definitely there. You, you go to other states, man, it, 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 it just doesn't compare. People here in Texas are, are nice. So. <laughs> For, for sure, man. I mean, I, I just got back from San Francisco, and it, it's just different. Everywhere is different. I mean, uh, but definitely when you go here to Texas, you can see that that people just genuinely care about others. And, you know, that, that you know you, you could just meet a stranger, and they ask you how your day is going. Um, right. So. Oh, yeah, for sure, bro. I mean, that's how me and you – I mean, when you got here, dude, I was like, shoot, right, ready to be your best friend. Yeah. You know, I brought you in open arms, and that's just the way it's always been. You know, that's the way Texas is, bro. But we got Portland next week, man. We actually go to Portland, and that's going to be our real test. I feel like that's going to be whenever we can actually decide on uh, if this is going to be a fluke or if this is just Austin playing easy teams. I- that we have is pretty dominant the possession we have is is there i mean it's not a mistake and other teams i feel like they need to be on alert they need to be worried for us and i called austin versus inner miami i called us 3-1 and it was 5-1 so i did call them scoring one on us but portland versus austin that's the only team in the future that i have us tying against we ha- we're win- we win against every other team. Seattle Sounders, even Seattle Sounders, we beat them 1-0 at home because we're at home, dude. It's a fortress. Q2 is a fortress, and it's going to be damn near impossible for someone to come here and win. That's uh, they, they interviewed Wolf after the game on ESPN, and they said that that's their goal for this season is for that. Every time that they have a home game is, is to win those. I called that last year, dude. Uh, you can you can even go and watch my interviews on We Are Austin before Texas Ring of Fire, before all of this started. I sat there and said, if we ever get this together and we start playing out the back and get this system down, we are going to be almost impossible to be at home. Almost impossible. And I'm just you know like if 
It's like Real Madrid, bro. Mm-hmm. Those guys play at home. The Bernabeu, the the fans, the white, everything. Like just like remember, there was a time where we knew like where are we playing at at home. All right, we got this. Got that. Yeah. Now I mean, home, yeah. home field advantage definitely. It, it's a big deal. I mean, you go in there with all the noise and you see the fans supporting you and. You know, you have a couple of shots and you get them on target, that momentum swing. You know, you know the, those big teams go in there and they they feel out of out of place. So that home field advantage definitely helps out a lot. Yeah. And, well, let's just keep continuing on. You know, next week, Ring, he's been he's been playing phenomenal. Pereira's been playing phenomenal. And Driussi has been playing phenomenal. Our midfield has been playing just great. Extremely great. Like, you cannot mistake it at all. So, as long as they continue to play well the way they have been playing next week at Portland, should not be a problem. Should not be a problem at all. We should get the tie, if not the win. The win coming back, nine points. You know, and let's just let's just say right now it's uh, Austin FC 6, FC Dallas 1, Houston, Crynamo. FC one. That's the table, you know, Copa Tejas table. But it's early. It is week, extremely early. Week two, week two only. It's a long yes. season. <laughs> but but you know, looking down the list, goal differential. <laughs> oh my gosh. Goal differential, dude. Second place has a which is LA Galaxy. They have a two goal differential, and we have a nine goal differential. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna start helping us out, you know, towards the later towards part the of end. the season, yes. where you got to make it a playoffs. They're gonna do that goal differential that that may come back back to help you guys. I think I think that uh, the longer and the more that we go into the season, I believe that I will potentially say that Austin FC will have a record breaking season. We'll have first. the most points. We'll have the most points that any team has ever had, and we will run away with it. We'll win the MLS because you know I, I'm not sure, but I think nobody who has ever won a supporter shield has actually gone and won the MLS Cup. That's that's saying a lot. But I don't even have us winning the supporter shield. I like I never said that, but. Shoot, I mean, it could happen. It could happen. If it does, so be it. Whatever. Well, I mean, they're the, you know, like like you said, the, the season is young, but out of those two te- out of those two games so far, that I mean, you could just see it. There's something special there, of course, uh, something that's never been there before, and and it's certainly a step up than it was last year by a whole lot. So, uh, I mean, you can see the excitement with all the fans there in Austin FC. Uh, but we'll just see. The The season is young. Definitely, my man. All right. Well, Austin FC, Copa Tejas, boy, signing off, RB22. Let's move on to the next segment. All right, guys. Well, that was that was Austin. Now we'll jump into FC Dallas. FC Dallas went over to New England Revolution. We didn't come out with a win, but, you know, um, at the beginning, we said that was going to be a tough game, and so we got out of there with a zero-one loss. Man, I, I would have wished they at least came out with the tie, but it is what it is. 
So um, we'll, we'll go into the the game, but we got we got OSG. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, man, I'm I'm here. I'm here. What's up, guys? OSG. You know, I was been in Kansas City the whole weekend, and my butt is tired. <laughs> I was just holding it down the whole time while I was there. But you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm 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 back. I've had some I've had some rest. Uh, I'm I'm ready to go. And. Let's uh, do talk it. about it. Yeah, let's do it. What's up, Sunshine? How'd Dallas do? Well, let, let's just right. Let's just r- jump into to the game. So, um, again, the the starting lineup was the same way that w- we played last week. There was no changes there. Um, same people on on the bench, except for uh, Scone. He was there um, as our left midfielder, but ev- everything else was was pretty much the same. Um, you know, my biggest takeaways from the game were, again, that they had some chances. They just couldn't finish it. I think they played really well the the whole game. It it, it was pretty close, actually. Uh, it was if it wasn't for that PK, you know, um, we we would have taken our chances. We we would have been one one or even two one on our favor. But um, you know, does that, line, does that lineup y'all started with two weeks in a row? feel yeah. like your starting lineup or do you feel like there should be somebody else inserting that you're like, Hey, why isn't this guy starting? Or No, I it- think, I think we've been playing well. The The only thing that I said last week was our subs They're They're still, we have Hada. He's still dealing with a small injury on his knee. So we don't really have a substitute for Fereda. So he's having to play a lot of minutes. Um, and then Alan Velasco, he still isn't on the on the sub on the substitutes just yet. He's you know he's trying to get fit and ready for yeah for the game. Um, so no, it, I, I, I'm liking the lineup, but again, there's not much depth on that substi- substitution. So minute sixty comes, and when the players are a little bit tired, we 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 depend on on the midfield and the and our defenders for the substitutes. So it's a little bit harder for us to score after the 60th minute. That's why I'm saying like we, we have those opportunities at the beginning. We have to take them uh, at least for these early games until those guys get better or they, they get implemented on the, on the roster, on the travel team. Wow. That's just a, uh, you know, that's hard, to, hard when you have no depth, but you know, you have a couple of players coming in and, it, Nani's just on the bench sitting there, but he you don't know what you can get out of him, right? Or Nani, yeah, Nani, he, he comes in as a sub. I mean, usually he'll um, sub out for uh, Tomasi or um, one of the midfielders, and he, he's one. He's been the one to come in and and actually be a little bit more dynamic off the off the bench. So we've been having to rely on him, but that that's not a good thing. Rely on the defender to go, you know, go up there and score for us. That's not gonna, that's not gonna end well. Man, but um, we'll, we'll start on the on the game. Uh, minute number two. That's uh, Martin Pies with the first save of the match. Uh, that was a good good save there, but um, we had pressure from New England right off the bat. Uh, minute number 15, Ariola from a shot from distance. That one never really looked like it was going in. But th- this game, they, you know, they would shoot more outside the box. They couldn't really take it down line. 
And so, you know, with, with that pressure there, they, they had to take their shots a little bit earlier. They couldn't really play off the, the, the lines. Uh, minute number 20, it was a early yellow card from Paxton. I felt like after that, it kind of limited him a little bit in the midfield as far as how hard he could come in to tackle. So minute 20, I thought that was just a little too early for that. Um, and then minute 22, I think that's probably one of the best chances that we had all game. It was a, our left back, Farfan. Uh, they gave him some space and he took a low shot. And, and you know, it was on goal, made the goalkeeper work for that save. But, you know, didn't have enough power for it to go in. But I think that was really the best chance we had all game as far as the buildup, uh, the space, and, and shot on goal that actually ended up, you know, making the goalkeeper actually save it. We had some other shots, but they were just over the goal or we didn't really uh, pressure the goalkeeper. Um, minute 25, Obreon in front of the goal. Again, he just couldn't get his feet under him. He was like right in front of the goal. If if he would have just taken that shot with his left foot real quick, he probably would have gotten a shot off. But instead, he did a little cutback to the inside. The defender got in front of him. And from there, that it wasn't really much of a chance after that. So, again, I like Obreon in the sense that he gets, you know, players out of position because he's quick and fast. But if he's going to be in front of goal trying to shoot it, he he's not going to be a clinical finisher. And I think these first two matches, he's had two or three chances where he, he it was a good chance of of uh, making them. But but I want him to be more selfish and more confident and take that shot. And and he hasn't been doing that. Um, mid at forty four, that was the PK from Paxton again. Another late goal, first half. What did you think of that foul? It was a foul. I mean, he, he clearly uh, hit the player. He didn't even come close to touching the ball. It was just a late tackle. Like I said, that's the second week in a row that there's, you know, a PK that was called last week. It, you know, after VAR, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a penalty. But still, the fact that we're, we got called again for another foul inside the box – they got to be more alert in that. And, you know, he got lucky that wasn't a second yellow card. Like I said, he had gotten an early yellow card, uh, minute 20. I, I felt like maybe that could have been a second yellow, potentially a red. So I, I think that, I mean, he didn't go in there maliciously, but, you know, depending on who the referee was, I could have easily seen a second yellow card being pulled out for that. I think I've seen something where the referees have been told that, you know, if you're going to give up a penalty kick and the team is going to score a goal, that uh, cards may seem a little harsh unless they're just out malicious fouls yeah. in the box. Yeah, that would have been. Just give the PK, let them score the goal, and that's good enough. But yeah, that's that's already enough. Um, yeah, enough headway for the other team to take advantage. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for he, real. That's a game changer. That uh, Carlos Jill or Carlos Hill, um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it, but it was the MVP of last year, right? Carlos and, Hill, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he was the MVP, so he took he he was called up for the spot, and man, that was a really good PK. Our uh, goalkeeper actually got it, he 
he was um he waited just at the right time um and and he got it right but it was just so well placed it was off the side net so there there wasn't really much that he could do yeah there was Uh, no stopping that one right but yeah the you know that that right there i feel like fc dallas needs to improve the last five to ten minutes going into the the end of that first half i feel like there was a lack of concentration there i'd like for them to keep going strong and not let loose a little bit they did that too against toronto uh, they conceded um, a goal like minute 44 minute 45 exactly the same way they did uh, a week ago so i want to see more concentration going into the the half um other than that uh, minute 50 we'll go into the second half uh minute 51 it was a shot from outside the box ferreira hit it over um that was probably one of the first times that they had had the opportunity to take it down line and then they crossed it low to the back and Ferreira just couldn't get a shot on goal and and put it over the crossbar. I I think that was another good opportunity for him to at least make the goalkeeper work and who knows, maybe he makes the goalkeeper work and and the goalie can't touch it and maybe that's just a little tap in for another player. So I'd like for him to improve on at least get yeah, definitely get, get that finish right there, right? Yeah. Uh, minute 54, pressure from the right side of Dallas. The The cross was cleared out by Hedges on the line. Um, again, they were attacking from uh, Tumasi's side, but Hedges with the great save. Um, if he wasn't there, that, that probably would have been a, a 2-0 right there. That was a good clearance off the, the back line. Uh, minute 66, oh, man, Paxton, he he uh, received a ball from outside the box. He dribbled it in and took a shot with his left foot. Um, he got he got called for a handball. Um, so or he, he was trying to he was trying to ball. he shot the ball, uh, but it hit the defender like off the side of his hip. But uh, that was probably uh-huh. one of one of the best opportunities that he had that game. So Pax yeah. is still looking pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm liking the way he's he's um he's passing the ball. He's doing what he needs to. As far as like creating the chances for other players, um, but like I said, I mean, our our attackers they had a few chances. They just didn't take them, and and you know that that's going to hurt us, especially if we're playing as a counter attacking team with these um, tougher opponents, if we only have three or four chances the whole game, we we need to make one or two of those in order for us to even have a chance uh, on winning the, the game. It looked like a pretty even match all through and yeah. through, huh? Yeah, no, it, it was, they were, you know, I felt like FC Dallas had more of the clear opportunities the in the game other than just the PK that they had, it was really a, um, a well-challenged battle in the midfield and, and our defenders were, were also pretty good as well that game. Um, a minute 72. Um, again, this was probably the, the second time that they were able to take a down line FC Dallas. It was a good combination between Cervania, Ariola, 
And then there was a low cross back to Pereira, and he just hit it again over the goal. So, again, he needs to be clinical in those opportunities. I know there was like a little small bounce to it, but if you're in front of goal inside the box, at least get it in in the goal or, you know, get it on goal. Make the goalkeeper work for it. It doesn't have to be a strong finish. But that, I think that was his best opportunity in the game, seven, minute 72. Um, minute 73, our goalkeeper had a double save. Uh, he kept us in the game for that one. Uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm really liking what I'm seeing about our goalkeeper. He's he's quick. He's he, he's um you know very powerful with his legs. He has good hops. He has a good presence in the box and and being able to cut down those angles. So I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing there with with our goalkeeper. And then. Um, you know, Farfan, our left back, I also liked him too in the sense that he was able to pick up uh, two yellow cards from – or he was able to cause two yellow cards. So, you know, he was dribbling up towards the left side and and the defenders or the midfield for New England Revolution had to control him. So there was two times during the game that they had to foul him and, and New England got a yellow card. So that's good to see that, you know, our – our left backs or our full backs are going up and, and causing some pressure for, for the, their defenders or midfielders. But yeah, that's uh, always good to see. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the last play, I mean, really minute number 90, we had a last minute play where again, second, second, uh, second time um, in a row, you know, last week we, we had that last opportunity when Ferreira, minute 89, had that opportunity to score the goal and, and get the the game winner. He missed it. This time, we had the opportunity to tie it minute 90, and it was a crossover to Nanu. And instead of taking the shot and being selfish with it, he looked for the pass second post, and, and they couldn't reach it. So right there, I mean, I know it's easy to say, hey, take the shot first time, but I mean, when you're up there that close, five yards away from the goal, why not take your shot? Yeah, especially when time's running out. Yeah. Take your chance. And and so that was that was the game. But like I said, I I really do think it was it was a very similar game to what they've had played against Toronto. They had less chances, of course. Um, but like I said, I mean, I, I think they played a a good game. Um, they didn't create a lot of chances, but the, the ones that they did, I, I would have liked for them to be a little bit more clinical on their finish. Um, we knew that that was going to be a hard game to go into that lost one zero after watching the game that we did. I mean, I, I felt like they could have come out there with a tie, but you know, when you don't put them away, you don't give yourself that opportunity to do that. So, you know, looking forward to next week or this week here, you know, we got a home game versus Nashville. That's going to be another tough opponent. Uh, I think they're coming off of a tie um, 1-1 this week. So, um, you know, they still have some stuff to work through as well. So I I think, you know, again, if we can – 
if we can get Hara this week and we can get Alan Velasco at least in our in our subs, we can we can have some players up top that could be rotated and and create that pressure that we need once it's in the late stages of the game after the minute sixty when when players start to get a little bit tired. You know, I, uh, we did our predictions. I actually have y'all winning against Nashville two to nothing, and you know, and watching y'all's two games, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that score and that prediction, and I think y'all do get the win against Nashville. I, I think so too. I think we're going to win. I mean, especially here at home, I, I think it's going to be a closer game. I, I'm going to give them a, um, I'm going to say it's a one zero game uh, just because they have been in those opportunities. I think um, that I don't, I don't know if I can see them scoring two goals right now, but uh, if they improve on the way that they finish, I mean, they can easily score two, but I'm going to say one zero for it before that game. Well, a win's a win. You'll take it, I'm betting sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> especially, yeah. That, especially the first yeah. one of the season. <laughs> yeah, we need that third third game. We need a, we need to get that that win. I mean, those first nine games, they're going to come real quick, and and you don't want to be in a hole the, the first part of the season. No, especially with y'all's tough schedule. Yeah. Y'all need to get as many points as y'all can out of it. Yep. But that right was, now, of course, know. I predict y'all to tie Toronto and lose to New England. So I'm, I'm, y'all are right on par right now with my predictions. <laughs> I think, yeah. you know, Austin's too. I made those two predictions correct. Uh, you know, only one I got wrong was Houston tied their first game. I, I predicted them to win. So I'm five for six here. I like it. <laughs> nice. But other than that, the, the other news that we got over here at um, FC Dallas, I wanted to touch a little bit on that, was we got a new center back from – uh, Barcelona from Ecuador, 20-year-old center back, Quinones. He's going to be here on loan. And we're going to have um, – he's going to fill in that last international spot under 22. Um, we did a uh, exchange to Portland for uh, 100000 in exchange of, in GAM. And then if we purchase him under $2 million, Timbers will receive an additional $150,000 in GAM. So we'll, we'll have him for the rest of the season on loan. And if he does well, then we'll bring him on. And, you know, he's a young center back. He's, he's only 5'11", so I, I do think he's a little bit on the, on the shorter side for a center back. So we'll just have to see what, um, what he brings what, on to, to the first team. What, what is his role going to be? He's going to be right now, you know, we got Hedges and we got Martinez as our center backs. But other than that, there's not much depth there. So I do think if, um, you know, to bring him, he's either going to be a, a substitute late in the 60 minutes, 75 to rest up the, the center backs. Or um, if an injury happens, we have somebody there that we can fill in that role. Um, the third reason is he may be a little bit quicker than than our starters right now. Like I said, Matt Hedges and Martinez. If we play against a a more pacey team, uh, they're they're not the quickest of defenders. So if we need some additional speed back there, um, I could see him going in there. He's a little bit more leaner. Um, so yeah, you'll, you'll get him in here and see what he can do, and then maybe he can work his way into the starting lineup if he's good enough. Okay. Yeah, if gotcha. he's good enough. But yeah, like I said, we we need some depth backs just in case for 
it's a long season. We know that there's going to be injuries that happen. Yeah. So, so have them just as a as a backup plan. But uh, the the other thing I wanted to touch on was um, Charlotte FC. They break the MLS attendance record for for the home opener. Seventy five thousand fans. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Not just the home opener. That's the that's the record period. Yeah, record period for seventy five thousand. Man, yes, that's crazy. That's a lot of people. I mean, that's that's a football game. That's uh, watching the U.S. men's national team play. So that yeah, that's yeah. exciting to see at an MLS stadium that many people. I saw I saw the MLS Snapchat where the you know the where he's walking onto the field with the team, and uh-huh. you just you just see the stands are they're full. Yeah, I mean those people weren't late to the game either. They were there. Yeah, that's the that's their that's a the Panthers stadium, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the football yeah. stadium. I mean, not even the Panthers fill that up, man. <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> that's why yeah, a few so, of them showed up to the game as well. <laughs> yeah, so to see that it was crazy. the The previous record was Atlanta. They they also have a football stadium where the Atlanta Falcons play. That was yeah. uh, seventy three thousand fans there. I think they did sixty three last weekend, or the, the weekend they played. Uh, NYC, who they played? They beat three to one. Uh, Sporting KC. I think they had sixty three man. So they they pulling some good numbers. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean that that's three um, Toyota Stadium parks there. Oh. Hey, yeah, our ours our stadium is twenty thousand. So, man, three stadiums. Toyota's, make, Toyota's making some money on stadiums. <laughs> that's true. That's cool. But yeah, that that's all the news we got over here in FC Dallas. Um, so we'll we'll go over to OSG see how uh, Kansas was when uh, Houston went over there to play. What up, what up, y'all? Yeah, that's right. I, I, I did. I followed the team to, to Kansas City. So I was, I was there. I got there on Friday and just ran about and went and checked out the stadium. My room was across the street. So I, I was right there. Went and hung out at the casino a little bit. Met some people because I was wearing my gear. So, of course, they come up and start talking to me. But uh, met some uh, supporters. They had... They told me, "Hey, come on out to the tailgate." So I went ahead and hopped on Twitter and hit up the hit up the supporters on Twitter. It's like, "Hey, I'm I'm in my orange, coming to y'all's tailgate." And they replied back, "Everybody's welcome. Come check it out. We'll be near the bus." So you know, <laughs> game day. I I walked to their their tailgate party two hours before the game. So basically, it was during your Dallas game was going on. I was out there in the parking lot just kicking it with some SKC people. So not a lot of Houston fans made it out there. Uh, I counted five. Well, I've, five that I knew of. I knew this one guy that was there with a couple other people, and then I saw him take a picture with one, and then I was there by myself. So and I knew that maybe of the supporter groups were following uh-huh. for this game. So it was a uh, you know just the five of us and all the sky blue in the stadium. But yeah, not very not very many fans were there but you know i went and checked out their tailgate and then i walked into the stadium i looked around and it's you know cool little stadium it is a soccer stadium it's uh 
I forget what their attendance was, but they were pretty full. They had a, a little bit of open seats, but their supporters were full on both both ends of the of the goals. How was the atmosphere uh, there? Did you like it or? Yeah, it was it was an okay atmosphere. Uh, yeah. the, the supporters weren't the loudest, and they they didn't do it for ninety minutes like you hear like you see at some clubs. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, it was I was at a soccer game. I was enjoying it. I had fun. Uh, nobody. I didn't have no hecklers, you know. Of course, people said, "Hey, y'all gonna take the L, and we're gonna get y'all today." And you know, that's they say that to me all freaking day. That's fine. So, but everybody there was cool. Everybody was very, very uh, supportive of me being there. They they told me good luck and have safe travels on my way back. You know, even those that asked me where I came from. You know, so uh, it's uh, for anybody listening. SKC is a safe place for fans to travel. I can prove it. I took pictures. I was there. I was in the middle of the supporters section. I was not not in the game outside. I was in the middle of the supporters. And it's safe and it's in a good location and a good area. Uh, So, guys, go check out SKC and their hospitality. Because what else do they have over there other than that? (laughs) Right. It is I was on the Kansas side is where they're at. And, you know, it's all nothing but fields once you leave the city. <laughs> but uh, the cool thing, it was, it was uh, they share it with the Speedway. So you got the Kansas Speedway and the Hollywood Casino. And then you have Children's Mercy Park where SKC plays all sitting right there. And a bunch of shopping. So it's a, it's a cool little area and plenty to do right there. And you don't need to rent a car. You just need mm-hmm. to get from the airport to that spot and you're good to go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But as far as the boys, uh, you know, Dynamo came in, haven't won a road game in 560-something days, something like that. Not sure how many days it's been. But, you know, we, we're coming into SKC and we're trying to, get a, trying to get a victory out of it. But, you know, it is what it is. We did fight. We did lose one nothing. SKC had to work for that goal. And you know, it was just a – a ball that wouldn't get cleared out and SKC was able to finish it. They actually had two opportunities to clear the ball out and we could not complete that clearance. And it just fell to a guy. He, he put it right in the corner and it was, you saw it coming. It was too easy of a shot, but you know. Uh, yeah, it was um, the defender tried to clear it. It hits Fafa and then it falls down to number seven, Russell from Kansas. And he sends in a crossover to number 20, Shalloway or Shalloway. Yeah, Shalouin Salon, or however you say his name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Shalouin. And then he, he kicks it off the defender and it falls back to, um, Walter. And, and he yeah. does a little low strike on there and gets that goal. Yeah. He, he put it right in the corner and, and Steve, he put it right where he had to put it. And Steve Clark made the dive and he was so close, but it was just, uh, just too open and the bounce, the ball bouncing around and Steve Clark having to move all the way to his right. He just wasn't able to get there, and that, they, they, that got, was a, they got their goal. That was a redemption for Walter, that number 54 that got that goal. Yep. He had an opportunity earlier, like on minute 46, where uh, Kansas took it down the line, wide open pass to the back, and he just, like, shanked it. Like, it was a terrible shot. Like, he well, was trying to he, shoot it on goal. He, he shot it with the outside of his foot. Oh, he did? I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, because I was on that side. Mm-hmm. Where I saw that, so I saw I had him to his back, 
sitting behind him. So whenever he, I saw it, he's like, oh, he just kind of flicked it is what he was trying to do and get it around the keeper. And he, uh, he, he, he just missed his touch. Yeah, I thought was, it was. I thought it was going in. He was trying. Yeah, to shoot, like, he was trying to shoot it to the goal, and it went off to the sideline. I'm like, "What the hell?" <laughs> pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, I got to yeah. practice that. So yeah, he had he had his redemption a couple minutes later. Yeah. So you know that was the friggin' goal, and Casey ends up winning. But I'll, I'll regress and. We, we'll, we'll talk about the starting lineups because that's been a big issue for Houston right now. We're, not everybody understands what's going on with the lineups being chosen. So uh, there was Memo and Vera in the middle, and everybody wants Vera in the middle. That's fine. Uh, Seren and Memo were the other two that started. Seren didn't play too bad, but he fouls a lot. Memo just looks bad, and so – you know, there's a lot going on there. So, but Serena Memo got the start. The defenders, Stairs and Parker were in the middle. And Stairs did start again. Teenage Hadebi is not fit. Unless there's something else going on, he's still not fit. He got no playing time at all in this game as well. On the left, you had uh, Lundy. And then on the right, you had Zarek Valentin starting because Corey Baird is out with an injury and didn't team. But Valentine, I'm good with. He's a good defender, so we like him out there when he plays. I uh, told you our midfielders, and then, of course, up top was Fafa Sabas. And then uh, – oh, did I say Baird was hurt? Baird is not the one that hurt. It's uh, Griffin Dorsey that's hurt and did not travel with the team. And then Corey Baird is up top with Fafa and Seabass. So another 4-3-3 still, still working on it. Um I did have three keys that I wrote down for myself that I wanted to see just from what I'm experiencing with the Dynamo. And it was pretty easy. Def- uh, defense, well, I'll just actually do them in order of importance. It was number one, midfield. Can they be a cohesive unit and come together? And that's pretty much it. Can they play together and do something? Number two was defense under pressure. Can they can they get the ball out? Can they play well under pressure and then create and then start with the, the midfield and work the ball up? And then number three was, can we create opportunities in the box? We know how that went. But I'll start with the defense. Defense was looking a lot better. Stairs had a hell of a game. I mean, he actually actually had a hell of a game and played pretty well. So I'm confident when Teenage comes in, him and Parker and Stairs all together is just going to be a solid, solid core right there in the middle, and they're going to hold it down for us. And we're only going to give up mistakes. We're not going to give up bangers. Do you, but, do you think defensively you guys had to defend a lot this game? Or I felt like there, maybe there wasn't a lot of opportunities, again, from, from both sides. I mean, uh, Kansas, they probably had the more clear opportunities out of the both teams. But do you think there was more constant pressure from Kansas that they were, um, you know, making the defenders work? So – the the tactics of the game was looked like from my point of view, and that was this, this is the coach that was coming out of me watching the game. But uh, the tactics to me, I, I, I'll explain those here in a minute. But uh, KC had 15 shots with five on target, and Houston only had five shots with three on target. And we'll talk about Houston's shots in a little bit because those were towards the end of the game. But the, it looked like what Nagamora was doing is – He's still imploring his formation and his style of play. And I think as of the result last week, he 
what it looked like the style today was we are going to congest the middle and force make these guys play the wings. I mean, we left their wings open the whole game. And then they have to come in, get the ball back into the middle and, and get their shots off. And we just congested the middle and was able to block their shots. And they weren't really a, really able to create any good shots except for those two couple highlighted shots that everybody's seen. But so Houston, the defense was uh, – I'm happy with the defense. The back four did not make any mistakes. They played well. They didn't create any stupid fouls. Our midfielders, like I said, Seren, he was out there hustling, and he played better today. He just – he created so many fouls at the same time to where it just – it felt like KC just held onto the ball for, for so yeah, he, forever. He does seem uh, out of those two first games that I've seen him play, he, he seems a little bit more like one dimensional in the sense that he's going to, he just defends a lot more rather than being the creative midfielder. Yeah. I, I would like to see Seren go back to the bench, let the other guys start that we're, we'll get into here in a little bit. And Seren maybe back up Vera. Just so Vera doesn't have to play all 34 games and Seren be our defensive midfielder. And because he's not the attacking guy and he doesn't create, but he, he is a greedy guy out there and he fights for the ball, hence the fouls. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So I was happy with him, but you know, but the, the tactics, you know, it, it, it looked like a total, total focus. I even actually, I should be reading my notes because you asked me a question and I actually have the answer written down already. But <laughs> so it, it looks like the total focus was working at the, working on the back and stuff in the middle to prevent KC from attacking and, and fouls didn't clear a couple times. And then just their easy finish is, you know, how they got their goal. But uh, it looked like yeah, the focus was, defend SKC and then let's just try to put the ball over the top to our forwards. And there was no buildup to the forwards to the final third and all they were, then they weren't focusing correctly and they weren't getting those final over, over the top balls to the attackers. So it just kind of, and he didn't change the tactic until all the subs came in, but, but so, the defense, they looked good. And that was one of the keys that I was talking about was defense under pressure. Can they get out? Can they perform well? Can they connect with the midfielders? They did do all that. And then they, so they passed their test to me, but what was your question? I was going to say, so from like the first two, two games, I know the season is young, but from what you've seen, do you think it's, it's a, a lack of depth or a lack of talent that the Houston Dynamo has on their roster or, or are they still trying to, adapt to that new playing style and the new culture. Yeah, we they're probably still trying to learn because it is different style than what it was last year. And and we did maintain retain 23 players from last year. So a lot of it is the same roster. Oof. And so and so technically we are playing with the same roster minus Sebastian Fedea and uh Steras and Clark, I guess. All, all three of those are starting. We, we don't look at Stairs as a starter, so I guess you really don't count him. What the hell? You really don't want to have – you don't really don't have to count him. So, <clears throat> lost my damn earbud there for a second. But, <laughs> <laughs> and my train of thought now. Um, damn. Repeat your question. <laughs> And I was just saying, like, um, FC, I mean, um, uh, Houston Dynamo, 
Um, do you think it's a lack of? Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. I, th- I think it's just yeah. The bo- it it is the fucking the talent from last year. They the we do believe in some of these guys. Uh, our midfield looks like a brown turd, to use a a PC <laughs> word. And our midfield is our biggest issue. And if and if any team doesn't have a midfield that can form and play correctly cohesively as a unit, there's going to be that disconnect from the defense and a disconnect to the offense into that final third. And you're going to find yourself being outpossessed and under pressure a lot more and less creative chances, less shots, all, all that. And, you know, so all the moves that Houston is making, we still got a lot coming in. Uh, you know, so we have uh, Zeka is finally getting some playing time, and that's that's a right back with an attacking personality. Once he gets his start, uh, you know, we we did we did get Hector Herrera. He's not due till July, so he's coming in. He'll be one of those solid midfielders that are starting. Coco Carasquilla, he just he finally announced yes or at, on Saturday after the game that he's ninety to ninety five percent healthy. That he's been struggling with a muscle injury. And so he did come in and play the last 20, 30 minutes of the game and looked really well. So look for him to start next week. As uh, Paulo Nagamora also said in his presser, uh, expect some changes uh, coming against Vancouver next week at home. And a lot of us know what these changes are. Well, a lot of us expect to know what these changes are going to be. So it'll be interesting just to what Nagamora means when he gets next week's starting lineup. But no. When when uh, when do you uh, see the team? When did you say the your team was going to start winning more games? Houston Dynamo. When do you see them on the schedule? We're going to win this week. We're going to we're going to win. We're going to play Vancouver at home, and we're going to win this week. What are you going to get? Our win. Two, and then we're going to win two nothing. Two nothing over Vancouver. Yeah, and right now I think Vancouver they haven't won a game yet, have they? Jump back in. Yeah, so we we got Vancouver next week, and we're gonna we're gonna get that win. But I'll go into a little more into Vancouver here in a, in a little bit. I've still got some other notes, kind of breeze through here, and 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 then uh, then we'll come back in and we'll get some uh, some little questions going on there. But uh, I've got some notes. Our midfielders, man. Because just we keep talking about them, but they they didn't do nothing. Seren was again better. We had the fouls. Vera is solid and he's he's playing out there and he's he's working, but he, he's got nobody to help with. Like I said, Coco is about ninety five percent. So look for him to come back. Quintero came on, came on with about twenty twenty five minutes. I think it was left in the game, and he he looks as good as he always does. And he's creative. He had a real good shot on goal where the. Uh, the keeper, I think, tried to play it back out, and he ended up intercepting it, and he had a shot. And instead of using his left foot and putting it on goal, he tried with his right foot, and the ball curved away from the goal. And he, he missed, and he put his he put his hands on his on his head and was like, oh, man, come on. But he buried it. Yeah, he should have buried it, man. And I still think Contero's a super sub. It, it's hard just because I, I was watching him a lot, and he, he already looked like he was tired. And he had his hands on his hip. And then even after the game, when they were still doing their fitness, he, he just – he looked tired. I was like, dude, you didn't play that much. Why do you do look so tired? You, you, you're a 
135 pound man running around or 140 pound man out there running around looking like you weigh 350 pounds. Yeah, so I, I agree. I think he he's a plus 60 minute kind of player or a below 60. So you just give him either 60 minutes or the last 30 minutes of the game. Well, and we talked about that on on the Houston Twitter space. And now that you have five subs, you're not wasting. You're like, oh, who do I sub? What players do I put in to make the right changes? You got five subs now. I can make a sub at halftime. So yeah. a lot of fans are saying Quintero starts with Coco and Vera. And then at halftime, if he's got no gas left, sub him out. And then, yeah. and then, we, and then we move on. If he can make then use him in there until he gasses out and then take his butt out. If he's not starting that today, then bring him in at the 55 or 60 minute mark. And he, he, he brings that last spark if you need more offense for the rest of that game. So th- there's a lot to do with him, but you, you got to be careful what you do with him. And, you know, you got to you got to be smart. It's like, all right, I know I don't have him for which way do I want to use him? And, you know, you're going to make a sub. Yeah, he has he has 10 sprints in him. So you better watch out. Use those 10, 10 sprints wisely. Yeah, yeah, and I'm fine with him playing 45, or then playing the back 30. I, yeah. I, I obviously can't play longer than that, but you know, let's get him in there. And let's let's make some difference, and that may be one of those changes as well coming next week that we're looking forward to. You know, you have the five subs now, like we said. There's there's better better movement with the subs. Uh, Coco was very promising. That that man looks like. He's ready. He's ready. And he, he had some opportunities. He was moving the ball forward. Uh, yeah. So he's hopefully he's done with this injury this week and he, he gets to start. And I'm hoping Coco, because Coco's term is coming to an end at the end of this season. And I'm hoping he's liking what he's what he's seeing and maybe he sticks around that type of midfield player. He may stick around, but you never know. Or he's either playing for that contract. So, But either way, he's looking good, and that's what we like. Uh, jumping up into the forwards, we got nothing into the final third. Nothing. I thought Sebastian touched the ball a, few, a couple times, but it was nothing in the final in the box, and he had to sometimes come back and work into the mids just to even get some action on the ball because we would not get the ball up top. And when we did try to put the ball up top, they were doing through. And I, I looked up a stat. Long ball ratios. We did long ball attempts, which is kind of a lot. We only completed 24 actual passes. So when you're you're putting the ball over the top to Fafa or, or sending Baird on the right side over the top or trying to put Sebas through and to make those runs onto the keeper, they were kept getting intercepted. It kept getting intercepted. So once the, law, the through balls weren't working and we weren't getting nothing out of the midfield, there was just no chances for Houston. They were just on their heels the whole game playing defense. And, you know, the yeah, subs had to uh, come in and make their adjustments. I think uh, Seabass only had one chance the whole game, minute, probably minute number 22, where he was inside the box and he just didn't make good contact with the ball. Other yeah. than that, he had that offsides call. But even then, like, he played, he played on – um, despite being offside, and he didn't even look like he was that hungry to make that goal either. He, he well, he's not fast, so he knows when he's beat sometimes. But mm-hmm. like you said, the best he didn't have enough touches, 
And when he was subbed out at like the 65, something, I don't remember the marks that they were all subbed out, but he was subbed out and it was probably due to frustration and he just wasn't getting no action. And I was actually okay when they subbed him out. I felt the same way. When it's frustrating, it's hard to, it's hard to get out there. It's like, hey, just pull him off and let's just wash our hands of it and go back at it next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pastor came in as a sub for Baird. That dude, that kid looks good, man. And uh, we talked about it on the Twitter space, and we're pushing for him maybe starting over Baird on that right wing or or switching to the left and putting Fafa on the right, whichever. Uh, but whichever, I, I, I'm hoping, like uh, – Pastor can come in instead of Bear. Uh, Thor got some time at the end of the game, but it was only like 10 minutes. And he looks like he's out there trying, but he didn't really get no touches to see what Thor could do. You know, uh, so like I said, Paulo was in the presser. He said, look, to expect changes in Vancouver. And he said, yes. Uh, as far as the team went for the game, my MVP was Clark. because He actually made some good saves. I didn't want to do the defense as a whole because – Clark didn't look bad. He made a couple saves. He he was in action and he got he almost had the clean sheet. But so I gave him the MVP and our no MVP. <laughs> the, was, I was I was laughing at that because uh, your worst preseason player is your best um, yep. player so far. I, I think last week you said the same thing, right? Clark yeah, I think the MVP. <laughs> Yeah, when a zero-zero game and he didn't let nothing go by, so preseason jitters are out the door and he's playing for real now. And he remembers, hey, dude, I'm 35 year old professional soccer player. I should know what I'm doing here. <laughs> uh, he probably listened to the podcast and and got it together after that. He might have, you know, he, I did get his attention when I was up in Dallas, so maybe he felt like, hey, cool, Ben, welcome in. <laughs> but, uh. You know, and that, that was it about the game. One nothing loss. I was happy with the, the, the performance and what I saw out of it and what's growing. Now let's see what we can do here at home. And I hope Paulo focuses on the attacking side of it this time because we do have zero goals after two games. So it's time to put one in the net. I think once we put one in the net, that second goal will come. And then possibly a third one just because of the high and the hype out of it. But if they don't score that third one right after the second one, then the third one probably won't come. It'll just be a 2 nothing victory, Houston over Vancouver. Don't know what else to expect for Vancouver to bring to us, but expect the lineup to be a lot different against Vancouver for us. I'm ex- I'm expecting um, three changes at least to the starting lineup, but there could be a fourth, you know, uh, like I said, a possibility maybe Pastor starts instead of Baird because Baird has looked invisible. Uh, you put you put Cantero and Coco in over Seren and Memo, and you know then there's a possibility. I know Teenage ain't ready, so he's not going to start for Stairs. But Zeka's been practicing and getting some playing time, and Dorsey is still injured and out, so maybe he gets that start right there. So there's some good coming. Going to be excited about for this next game. So we we can't wait till we see those starting lineups, and we're going to be anxious and hungry and ready to go. Because it is going to be cold again in friggin' Houston this weekend, so uh, okay, you know. temperature drop. Vancouver's used to that. Yeah, so Vancouver will be fine with it, and the players will be fine with it. But us in the stands, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to shiver, shiver. Yeah, but like you said, Vancouver, uh, well, they lost to Columbus four nothing in the first game. They looked completely horrible. They had no shots on target. They just got outplayed, and 
and that's what that was for them. But when they played at home last week, they they tied what it was a zero zero against NYFC. Yeah, and why? Yeah, yeah, I was pretty amazed when I saw that score. I was like, damn, you know. So they did their thing. They they did their thing. So hopefully they they don't bring too much to us, <laughs> and we get us our, our our win and start off start off with some get some three points and <sighs> what we definitely deserve and we need right now and. But that's it. And so jumping into some other news, of course, Hector Hector Herrera is coming, but not till July. I think they actually announced that July 9th will be his first game. Now, is that the start or is it just going to be his first game to play? Uh, they're already making it sound like he's going to start July 9th at home in FC Dallas' opponent. So FC, FC Dallas, Dallas for that. Yes, that's the July 9th game. So make sure that's, you're there for that one. We got a lot of work to do that day anyway. So I think you said you're there anyways, but yeah, I was so, going to say that's, that's a big signing for Houston Dynamo fans. Just so, for, in general for the club. You're going to want to use my ticket to get in because prices are already going up for that game. <laughs> that's yeah. what one player well, does, huh? Well, he's, he's, he's bringing more too, though. He, and he's not going to, he's not the, they bring the God of all gods that we're bringing in to where he's going to bring us an immediate MLS title or anything like that. So all these other people need to quit being so absurd. He is bringing what we need and what we want to this club and that his, his style of play, he is only one. He is not washed up. He's not coming here to retire, even though he did sign like a a four-year contract. So he maybe is retiring, but He's coming here for on a World Cup year. He's going to be close to his Mexican national team where he could just fly in an instant right home. He's near home. His family's going to be here. Houston is so close. The the, the culture in Houston, the Mexican uh, environment that goes around, everything, he, he belongs here, and he's going to be welcome here. And obviously he wants to be here, and he's been showing it on his Instagram, everything. So Hector Herrera is going to be huge for us. And then that shows that the Dynamo are serious and we're, Hey, we'll go out and we'll look at big name players. We'll sign big name players and we'll bring you here. If you're, if you're willing to come here, hence the more rumors that we have coming off in the background. Still, we still have Tiago, the, the, the Brazilian guy. We haven't heard no news lately about him, but they were still in talks and they were heard. And those were kind of being difficult because there's a, a, other teams still trying to pull him in. So it looks like there's a bidding war going on for that guy. And Linus from Mexico. Yeah, I was going to say maybe he starts a little domino effect later down the road, not say this year, but maybe uh, for the next year, next season to come. The Um, domino effect has already started. They have built, they have changed everything from the top, the new owner, the new GM, the new, the everybody, the new staff, new positions that were created, the immediate go out and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And they're not afraid to do it right now. The dominoes are falling and the, and everything's come. They say they're still bringing in two more players this year. So whether Lioness works out or not, there's somebody's coming and Lioness is real but it is a very, very long shot is what I'm, what I'm hearing from our insiders on this side. Uh, the money's a big deal. Uh, do we bring him in on a loan for the rest of the season? As, as a lot of people probably know, he did not start yesterday against Atletico Madrid. He didn't even play a minute, so he's not getting playing time either over there for Real Betis. 
So maybe he wants to come over, start something fresh, and then take off. And maybe he just comes over for the rest of the season on a loan, stays fresh during the summer because, you know, Spanish League is over, and he mm-hmm. needs to be ready for the World Cup. So it only makes sense to come here. And then maybe he leaves at the end of our season, and he goes on and does something else back in, in Europe. And Houston just fits. So you never know who else is going to be there. It's going to be friggin' awesome. So it, it just keep it coming, keep it going. And like Twitter space, we do a Twitter space at the end of uh, every game. So guys, check me out, old soccer guy. Check out the Twitter space. I got a co-host, got, a, got some other guys going on. And guys, thank you. Appreciate it. That's what's up from Houston, y'all. Hold it down, forever orange. But, all right, guys, we appreciate you guys listening to Sex Ring of Fire. You guys go give us a follow on Instagram. Give us a follow on Twitter. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. But I am your host, RB22. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in today's episode. This is uh, Sunshine Out of Dallas. And this old soccer guy from Houston, hold it down, forever orange. All right, everybody, appreciate the listen. Stay better than my friends. God bless. See you next week.